Hey, Dog Nation, I'm Brandon Adams, and uh, this is Dog Nation Daily. We're presented by Palo Window and Door of Georgia. Um, just an incredibly sad day to be talking to you. And look, you know, it, it's obvious that in a situation like this, we don't really know what to say. This is a very difficult show to do. I don't know that here today that we'll get it all right. But it's really, really important to me that we not get it wrong. What that means for me is is I want to honor the life of Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix the best that we possibly can. As you're probably aware of by now, there was a tragic automobile accident uh, late Saturday night. Devin and Chandler lost their life. Devin was a very good offensive lineman for the Georgia football team. Chandler was a very valuable member of the recruiting staff. We're going to tell some of their story here on this show today we're gonna do things really really different today um and i i I just want to do this as a way of of paying tribute to them of expressing our sympathy and condolences to the georgia football community to to provide a little bit of a gathering place for georgia fans who who might want to try to process this and obviously want to pay their own version of their tribute we're going to try to do the 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 best that we can with that obviously if i'm going to be on air it requires talking a little bit clearly i i i don't necessarily know what to say i don't know that anyone does in a situation like this there's a little bit of an idea that has been inside my head and honestly i don't know that i'm quite articulate enough to fully convey all of this but i've thought about this a lot and so I'm going to do the best that I can to say this and it's going to be short the whole show itself is going to be short I promise you that and so this is going to be short for a couple of minutes but I want to just sort of talk about how this kind of lands with me and then we'll talk a lot more about Devin and Chandler we'll bring on John Stinchcomb here in uh, just a a moment there as well I actually had a chance to talk to John a little bit yesterday Uh, we were just kind of you know sharing some grief over this and so we'll talk live here on the air coming up in just a moment so some of you know a couple of years ago my dad died and there's this thought that i swear to you i have had almost every single day since that happened i was even thinking about this a lot in los angeles for the national championship game and it comes from the bible and i realize that not everybody's like into that i, I totally understand this is like one of the famous verses so you probably heard this even if that's not something you're typically into what the bible says is is that blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, even if you're not like that into that kind of thing, you have to admit that's kind of an interesting idea. You know, this notion that there's a special blessing that's kind of, I guess, saved for people who experience deep sadness. And part of the reason why I think that's so interesting is, is because I think it's our natural tendency to want to stop a little bit short of mourning to want to stop a little bit short so that we don't experience true deep sadness and I see this a lot of times in like sort of little ways and big ways I'll give you one for instance this doesn't matter very much but I do kind of notice this from time to time when Georgia loses a football game and thankfully in recent years that hasn't happened very much but when Georgia does lose a football game one of the things I feel like I see sometimes is is that people kind of replace what could be sadness with some of their feelings they get ambivalent they say i don't really care i knew they were going to lose or they get really angry fire the coach bench the player you know whatever else that they're willing to sort of feel anything so they don't have to feel sadness 
because sadness is kind of scary. And that may be sort of a little simple thing in a, in, in a, in a situation like that, but it also shows up in bigger ways sometimes, too. I, I told you that when my dad died, I think there's this like tendency to like want to lean into all the planning that needs to happen, the stuff that you can control about you know your family, my mom, or whatever else. You want to kind of lean into that sort of planning stuff and feel like you're controlling the controllable stuff because to be left with the thing that you can't control, the end of someone's life, the end of your own life one day, that that brings about such an unimaginable grief that it's also just really, really scary. But in the aftermath of what has happened to my dad, you know, kind of confronting my own mourning, allowing myself to, I think, eventually learn to feel that sadness, I would say that for me it's kind of brought about a clarity in my life that, that I don't know that I ever had prior to this. And my wife and I were talking about this a little bit yesterday. And there's this phrase that she and I use with each other a lot it's like one of those sort of shorthand things that husband and wives have that nobody else would understand but she and i understand exactly what it means we talk about parallel tracks and what that means for us is is that good things and bad things tend to happen at the exact same time that one of the appearances we sort of have sometimes is we look on our life and think well this is a good season this is a bad season but in actuality the good season the bad season actually overlap with each other and life's highest highs and lowest lows are sort of happening at the same time and somehow you got to be able to process both those things together because, as I said before, our natural tendency is to want to hold back part of our heart so we don't feel the deepest sadness. But if we do that, we also numb ourselves to the possible joy as well. And that's clearly you know, no way to go through life. And I'll, and I'll give you a quick example, and I promise we'll move on after this. So the weekend of the Peach Bowl uh, when Georgia beat Ohio State uh, in Atlanta, my wife's parents are both very sick right now. We don't quite know how yet how that's going to turn out. But the night before the Peach Bowl, my wife was in the hospital with her mom, and she didn't sleep at all. And this is really, really scary. And so many of you know exactly what this kind of thing feels like. So many of you know, know exactly what this feels like. And yet the next morning, she also realized that, hey, I've got two kids, a, a son and a daughter. They're both expecting to go to this Peach Bowl game today. This is something we'd given to them for Christmas. And she wanted to have that experience for them at the same time that she's forced to endure this experience with her mom. And so, you know, she shakes it off. She gets dressed. She gets them. She takes them down to Atlanta. And then Georgia wins like this unbelievable, thrilling football game. And right then, in the span of like 24 hours, she's, you know, uh, elated in happiness and happiness and, and devastated with grief. And that's not me to say, well, the football win was just as, as significant as what she's dealing with with her mom. But it is me saying connecting with her children at what is kind of the beginning of their life was for her just as important as connecting with her parents at what might turn out to be near the end of, of theirs and that's what we say to each other when we talk about parallel tracks hey we're experiencing the, the you know the the height of happiness and the and the depth of sadness all at the same time and we're going to understand that if we will be vulnerable enough to allow ourselves to experience the morning we will also be eligible to potentially experience the joy as well. And that's really scary because like good things and bad things are sort of never doled out in equal measure and they're never doled out on a predictable timeline. But but maybe that's what the blessing really is, is just being open to receive the joy that comes along uh, eventually because you had the bravery to also experience the sadness and just say, yeah, today I am sad. Today I am grieving. Today so many people, especially those that knew Chandler and, and, and Devin personally, we're mourning. 
that we're just open and vulnerable about all of that. So I don't know what that means for all of us today. I mean, uh, eventually, Dog Nation Daily will kind of return back to be the show that it always has been because, man, there's going to be some fun stuff happening for Georgia football in the months and the years to come. And I, I love talking to you uh, about all of that. But for now, we're in mourning. And even when Georgia gets back to the business of football and when we get back to the business of of talking about this football team, we're still going to be sad. I'm going to be sad for Devin and Chandler and their families. I'm going to be sad for the people that knew them. We're to be happy about Georgia winning two national championships and sad at the exact same time. We're to do them both at the exact same time because that's just kind of, I guess, what I've learned that, that life sort of is, that we are just going to be in mourning. And as we do, our eyes are going to be open to the comfort that uh, might potentially come our way. So today, we're just going to try to honor them and to share what other folks have kind of said about them here. In fact, I want to show you here Kirby Smart. Um, I'll put this on the screen here, his statement from yesterday. Obviously, all the uh, folks affiliated with Georgia have, have, have made their statements uh, we're going to just share Kirby's here, who says, we're all heartbroken and devastated with the loss of Devin Willick and Chandler LaCroix. Uh, Devin was an outstanding young man in every way and was always smiling. He was a great teammate and a joy to coach. Chandler was a valuable member of our football staff and brought an incredible attitude and energy every single day. We grieve with their families for this tragic loss and will support them in every way possible. I know Kirby takes that really seriously, and something we take really seriously here on this show, too, is is that Devin is a guy that's far more famous to most of us than Chandler would be. And yet for the football community there at UGA, I can promise you they're just as moved by by Chandler's passing as they would be Devin. So, you know, both today on this show and then moving forward beyond that, we're going to work hard to try to understand more about what, what, what Chandler's life was all about. I think you may read some of that coming up at dognation.com. I think that's an important story to be written. Other outlets will, will do the same thing, and I think that's important for them to pursue too. That, as I said before, I, I didn't know Chandler personally. Some of you did. Some of you follow her on social media. She's obviously a very fun presence there on social media. I, I didn't know her personally. I didn't know Devin personally. I knew him obviously more as a player. But we're going to try to understand – today and in the future more about what they were in addition to this statement from Kirby Kirby's also had a couple of uh, very nice tweets here uh, and I saw these early this morning uh, you know first Devin Willick uh, I mean just an absolutely uh, just touching picture of Devin holding up uh, Kirby's son after the game Kirby's caption here says miss you already thinking of you tonight Devin and I mean this picture I think reflects a lot of what we've been kind of told about Devin over the course of the last couple of days and you know it's it's kind of funny when you're in LA or in Atlanta for the Peach Bowl you have a little bit of extra access to the team and obviously the coaches don't like that but it, but it is one of those things where you do have a little bit of extra access to the team and what's funny is is you just see them in their element with each other you watch them joking with each other playing around with each other you watch them being friends with each other I think when I look back on my own life around that age, being a part of a team was about the most fun thing ever. And I don't think you quite realize that when you're on a team, how special that bond will seem once you become an adult. You don't quite have the same sort of team relationship anymore. 
the best that I could tell from having watched these guys during the various media days over the course of the last few weeks was they loved being on a team with each other. They all, the best I can tell, loved Devin. Uh, clearly the uh, smart family close with him as he's holding up Kirby's son there. And that picture, I, I think, you know, you've heard it said that a picture tells a thousand words. I think that picture clearly does. Kirby also shared a uh, beautiful photo of uh, Chandler there as well. And I think in its own way, it tells a uh, great story, too, of the connection this recruiting staff has with each other. A lot of you know, and on a show like this, we talk about recruiting, and what Kirby says about Chandler here is, uh, gone far too soon, I'll always remember you for your kind heart. And you see uh, Chandler and the rest of the Georgia recruiting staff you know, gathered around many of those faces. You'll remember from a lot of the social media edits that, that recruits you know, sometimes share. A lot of you know how hard these folks work and I always think when I see them on the various recruiting weekends like scavenger hunt things like that I'm always amazed by like the boundless level of energy they have to provide you know like you know Kirby compliments the smiles and the hearts and things like that like like as a recruiting staffer it seems like you sort of have to have that you kind of always have to be on and you always have to be glowing and you always have to be the best version of yourself in terms of you know selling you selling the university um, and the best that I could tell is, is that Chandler really ate all that up. And certainly there've been so many photos and, and, and messages that have come out about just how much, uh, these ladies loved working with each other and, you know, loved Chandler in particular. And if you didn't love the work, you wouldn't be able to do it because it's just so demanding on your schedule. So, so demanding on your time, it takes you away from other things that you would obviously like to be doing. You know, it's, you know, putting together, uh, a college football program being a part of this college football machine is not an easy thing it's a it's it's a very abnormal experience it takes a special kind of person to thrive in that environment you get the impression that is exactly uh what Chandler was doing though and it's very kind of Kirby to to share what he sh- shares there I want to share a couple of other things too if you're active on social media you may have already seen this and this is this is so hard to see because this comes out before the 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 news with uh with Devin and Chandler but um a grandfather telling the story of his grandson's interaction with Devin and I've got kids I know how much these Georgia players mean to them I know how much like Nolan Smith gave my son a high five and daughter a high five I think it was Nolan after the Peach Bowl and they talked about that for two days like I know how much um the interactions these Georgia players have with these young fans mean. And I'll show you this of, so this is Sam Kramer's his name. This tweet's been shared, I mean, uh, an infinite number of times now. And this is this comes out before the news uh, of the tragic accident here. Sam saying, special thank you to Devin Willick for taking time for my grandson. Well, he didn't have to. So you went out of your way to make him feel special. And you made his day. I just... I mean, that's, that's, that's what life is right there, man. That is what life is. It's Devin Willick using his platform as a Georgia football player. Look at that kid smiling, man. Look at that. It's really something to see. And then I, I saw where um, King Joseph Edwards, y- y'all know King Joseph. He's a massive recruit in the 2024 class, and it seems, you know, weird to say that on a day like this but that is just the way it is these are the kinds of guys who are coming to the celebration on saturday and i think this gives you a great window into like what chandler lacroix was all about for georgia you know king joseph putting the message out there that 
and, and this kind of stuff happens far more than you realize. Like the logistics of trying to like get recruits on campus is really hard. It's just really hard. And uh, King Joseph was talking on Twitter about the fact that I, I, I guess I don't know if we have this to show or not. Yeah, he says uh, yesterday I was having a hard time getting in the gate. I was late getting to the Georgia and frustrated. And, and, and listen. When a five-star recruit can't get in and is frustrated, that's bad news for the entire program, right? This is this is the kind of thing that, that Chandler was doing on a daily basis. Uh, but King Joseph said that Chandler came in and made sure everything was okay with me. Uh, he says, you're a beautiful soul. I'm hurt and diligently praying for your family. Rest well. And my, my point in all of this is, is that to a lot of people, like these you know top recruits and things like that, Chandler was the face of Georgia football for them. Like we may not know her, you know, obviously quite as well because uh, we mostly talk about coaches and players. But for for a guy like King Joseph Edwards or, or somebody else, like she might have been the face of Georgia football, kind of that point of contact for them. You know, almost as much as as, as anybody would be. And the best that we can tell is certainly, you know, given the results, it would seem to be obviously true is that there was no better representative of Georgia for these recruits, for the families of these recruits. There was no better person to make them feel at home at Georgia than what Chandler was doing. And look, there are a lot of people probably watching or listening right now that did know them personally, that are in that room and have been in that room with them Nothing I can say today comforts you. It, it doesn't. But as King Joseph said there, praying diligently, as I said on uh, social media yesterday, praying sincerely, this isn't a thoughts and prayers moment. This is actual honest-to-goodness prayer because I don't have the answers and I don't know what to say. Um, but I but I want you all to know that that when we pray, we are praying for you specifically. And Maybe one day we'll have more understanding about how something so seemingly senselessly tragic could have happened. But for now, even in the midst of not understanding any of this, we're just going to experience this sadness alongside you and, and realize that for those of you that, that had that personal connection, that had that personal relationship, this is far more profound for you than anything we can ever understand. Uh, but this community has loved you in good times, and it wants to love you in these hard times too. It really does. And we'll all try to do all of this the the best that we possibly can. So this is Dog Nation Daily. Um, we're not going to do it the same way we always do. You know, we have obviously great sponsors that allow us to take a break from our normal coverage to speak to you in, in this way. We're going to bring on John Stinchcomb here in a moment. Uh, John's word's going to carry a lot of weight. I want to say thank you to Pella Window and Door of Georgia. You know, the thing that you got to understand is, is like, Eventually, our sponsors become part of our community with us. And, you know, we have folks that, that we hang out with the games and they come to our events and things like that. And I, I can promise you today they're hurting just the same way we all are. So we'll get back to kind of doing those normal shots out again and we'll get back to, to paying, you know, them tribute the way we always do. But I just want to say thank you to them right now, our friends at Palo Window and Door of Georgia, for just sort of giving us this space, just sort of talk to you today and allow it to be different, not play our music, not show our video, and not do the bells and whistles that make this show fun, but just to sort of be who we are uh, here today. So a big thanks to uh, all of them on all of that. Uh, let's go ahead and get ready to bring on John if we can. I, I want to talk to John today. Before we're done, 
I thought that Jeff Sintel had an amazing story yesterday, and it was timely. I think it, you know, certainly helps us, you know, kind of. I don't know that it helps us process our grief any better, but I certainly allow. I think it allows us to know more about who we are grieving for. Uh, John Whitehead, the uh, coach of uh, Devin Willick in high school, uh, in the story, uh, talking about what uh, Devin has meant to him, what Devin was experiencing here at Georgia. We'll hear that. We'll hear more about Chandler as well. I'm going to talk a little bit about the way in which um, the entire college football community has come together here. I, I wish I had time to show you every single thing that every coach, every program, every university Everything that has been said here about Georgia, I, I wish I had the space to be able to do that. We don't simply have time, but we are going to talk about the fact that the entire college football world has sent an outpouring of emotion here uh, for Georgia here today because I think in, in, in some form or fashion, you know, the, the, the coaches, the administrators, the other players, I think we all sort of understand that hey, you know, there are elements of our life that are not in our control. And the sadness at Georgia today could be sadness somewhere else at some point in time in the future. And so those of us who are kind of in some form or fashion a part of this college football community, we just all band together because we can't make sense of any of this. And a lot of what's happened in our lives here over the course of the, of the last, you know, however long, kind of like that there as well. So I've probably talked about this long enough. Let me bring on somebody right now who um, – I'm grateful to call a friend and I'm grateful to have as a part of a show here on a day like this. John, you and I had a chance to talk a little bit yesterday. This is about as deep as my, I think, sorrow can go, to be honest with you. Uh, Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix, these were beautiful young people. These were uh, just awesome people, the best that I can tell. Um, you know, how do you, how, how do you process this sadness right now, John? Well, you don't. You do it together. I think uh, the, the key for everyone when you mourn is to not do it alone. And you, you share some of the, the best stories and the best memories you have uh, when you lose, lose folks. And this is a loss for, the, for all of us. And you know, it's the, the closer you get to that inner circle of folks, uh, you know, the harder this pain is. And for this team, and not just for Devin, but as Chandler as well, they're a part of that Georgia family, and um, it's a huge loss, and it's you know, heartbreaking anytime you lose someone, but you're talking about two folks with their best days in front of them, and so much life left to live, and when it happens the same day as uh, a celebration for all of us, that we get to recognize the incredible efforts that they were uh, key parts in and then to see how quickly that can shatter uh, it's devastating and uh, there's a lot of hurt and pain and questions and sorrow that come along with it and uh, you know just like anytime you're in mourning um, it processes out different for all of us but uh, when you're not alone in it I think it, it's helpful I think one of the things that makes this so hard for me is, is it just by all appearances looks like these two young people were living their life exactly the way we would hope that, you know, we would live in the same situation or maybe our own children live in the same situation. They were just embracing it with all of their heart. They were just going full speed. 
you know, Devin was devoting himself to being the best football player he can be. His journey to get to Georgia is actually kind of remarkable, and there are a lot of those kinds of stories. You know, Devin really put himself out there to end up down here, and the best that I could tell, he was the making the most of that opportunity. You know, it seems like Chandler took it really seriously, the position that she had as kind of a face of the program to to some of the most important people that this program kind of has access to, these elite recruits, that that she took being kind of a, uh, an entry point to Georgia for them very seriously. She seemed to be enjoying it. I've seen so many photos and videos of her over the course of the last couple of days where it's like she's just all smiles and like the most like magnetic, at least by appearances, personality that you can uh, imagine. I mean, I think one of the things, John, that makes it so hard for me is is that they were embracing this phase of their life as wholeheartedly as seemingly anybody can. Yeah, and <laughs> it makes it that much harder, doesn't it? And so you're seeing these posts on social media of not just Devin but Chandler as well and how they're a part of that family. And I can attest when you go through a season together or – uh, it's not just players. It's it's so many more folks that you get to know and um, love and dearly. So uh, what you see from these guys and their posting of, of losing a brother and a sister that they've known dearly, one, it's a, a slap in the face for a lot of them of, of recognizing their own mortality. And for the first time for some, it's not losing a, a grandparent or a story you read in the news of, of someone who could be in similar situations, but this is someone that you spent uh, day in and day out with and the highs and the lows together. And uh, for folks in their 20s, 21, 22, 23 years old, recognizing how quickly and how fragile life can be lost is uh, a very daunting reality that, many are probably facing for the first time and it's it's heartbreaking and really hard to recognize that you know for Devin and Chandler those experiences uh will only be memories at this point you can't create new ones and that's a hard reality for anyone to take especially when um you're young in life and and it's possibly the first time that you've experienced loss in this way yeah, I don't mind telling you, John, like I didn't lose a grandparent until I was in my 20s. I had both grandparents on my mom's side, both grandparents on my dad's side. I didn't really lose a close friend at, at the age that these folks are in either. I'm talking about the Georgia football community here right now. I mean, I just didn't have to experience the kind of processing that you're describing, you know, confronting mortality, confronting things like that. John, I'm embarrassed to say this. I just sort of lived in a fog about these kinds of things until I was in my 30s, probably, or at least you know approaching 30, uh, before I you know realized, you know that I, I don't know. It's just sort of easy to trick yourself when you're young to think it's all going to last forever. And I never had to confront the very hard reality that these uh, uh, players and, and and parts of this Georgia football community are having to confront right now. Uh, and I, I guess moments like this, John, just make me realize just how how privileged that life was in comparison to what now this Georgia football community is going to have to go through. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, you never, I'd prefer it for everybody to not have to face it. And the realities of life is that it all comes to an end and, you know, it sounds cliche and it certainly shouldn't be applying to 
these people and how, how young and uh, how much life they had in front of them. And I, I think that's what's so hard. I mean, the closest uh, experience that I had, and this, this is nowhere close. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not even in the same ballpark, is uh, when we were at Georgia, uh, we lost a coach. Pat Watson was our offensive line coach. And it was shocking and you know traumatic for all of us. In the middle of the season, drops dead of heart attack. <laughs> Um, but he was, you know, he had had two kids and older and, um, it's not the same situation as, as uh, two young folks in their twenties that have so much brighter days in front of you. And, you know, that there's still trauma there. And, um, that's about where the similarities end when you look at where they're at in life and, uh, just being a part of that fabric, that family fabric that's created such a unique experience for all of us that uh, there's few things in this world outside of blood relatives that create um, that kind of bond. And so um, it, when, when that is threatened, and in this case torn, um, it can be truly... Uh, uh, trajectory changing for so many and you know it's just uh, my, my heart hurts for them I'm selfishly I, I feel the pain as a as a dog fan and mm-hmm. former player and that kind of connection but it, it pales in comparison to you know the blood sweat and tears that you shed next to someone and then you uh, unexpectedly have that ripped away from you uh, that's a whole nother level that can't really relate to unless you've been in that experience when coach watson passed away unexpectedly like that what was it like if you don't mind me asking how much open communication was there about that how, how much did, did did players talk about those things i mean kind of a different era maybe in terms of how people felt about expressing their feelings maybe i, I don't know maybe you'll tell me differently but what was it like in the locker room knowing that a coach that had led you was no longer with you what was that like john well, it, it, it took time. We're, it was in the middle of the season for us, and um, you know, it, it was a transition period. We, coach Adkins was the tight end coach, and you shift him over, and um, they, there were team meetings, and uh, I believe, as memory serves, it's been a while, but um, there was uh, therapy sessions that were available. You know, there were folks that were willing to talk through it if you needed it. Uh, I didn't exercise that option on a personal level but that it was felt for a long time and you know you you try to get back into a routine but that routine that you've known included in in this case coach watson and and Mm -hmm. same will hold true um for those close to chandler and devon in that you know you try to get back into the routine that routine was they were a part of it and uh, it, it makes it almost more painful when you try uh, to do what you've always done and, and move on the best you can and recognize that they were a major piece of that process for you, that daily life. And um, it's, it is a real challenge to um, get back into that routine and I think for all of us, which is us that I'm referring to, is, is fans and yeah. part of the dog nation. You know, it, it, it comes to a reality that 
it's we're not cheering for just players. It's not just fans of Georgia football, but these are young men that we get to cheer on. And, and there's so many others that are a part of creating that opportunity for us to enjoy. And, uh, you know, I, I think more of the, the basketball world where their fans are right next to the court and you yeah. see their faces. That's right. Um, and, and fans still, you know, cheer for and oftentimes against individuals. And, you know, it's times like this where you recognize these are these are people just like you and me, and uh, it makes it much more uh, personal. And uh, I think you can relate more when you recognize that instead of some juggernaut on a field who's a performer or entertaining me, this is a 20-year-old kid, yeah. a, a young man that uh, we have so much more in, in, in relation to and um, can relate to, and it, it makes it a heck of a lot more personal for all of us. I think that's exactly right. John, I'll finish with this. Um, how does Kirby Smart and these coaches, how do they lead through this? And I don't mean lead you back to the football field and go back and win another national championship. There'll be time to talk about that in the future. I'm talking about just sort of leading today, leading to get us to tomorrow, to get this team, I should say, to tomorrow. If you're in charge of this organization, if you have a stewardship over this organization right now, how do you lead in this particular situation, do you think? Well, what a challenging question in any field. Um, I would say that the first thing you do is is get qualified help and recognize that this is a traumatic event for so many and avail the resources that may be necessary because people will process this differently. And some folks that may seem like they're handling it well on the inside might be in, in real turmoil and uh, for those that were really close to Devin and Chandler, um, they can be dealing with some really significant um, feelings and emotions and uh, thoughts that um, need they need help through. And you know, I'm, I'm grateful that Georgia is outstanding in the amount of resources that they avail and have uh, the mental health department. Uh, which has grown exponentially over these last few years in their ability and, and, and what they can offer and connect with our student-athletes um, is always important, but right now is at the forefront. And I'm sure Dylan and his team will have their work cut out for them to try to connect with and engage with not only our student-athletes, but really that entire department as they – try to process through an unexpected trauma that um, is going to have long-lasting effects. So, you know, in that situation, you try to bandwagon together and and utilize the the resources that you have available to you um, and and recognize the trauma and and work through it together. I think the reliance on one another is, is, is always important. I mean, you talk about that team atmosphere and uh, that bonds that are created, and it's times like this where you have to lean on, uh, lean on it in ways that were not expected, but uh, are certainly needed in, in you know times like this. John, I appreciate your wisdom. I'm thankful for your friendship. I, I love having you on the show each and every week. I, I'll look forward to talking to you about happier times in the future. But on a day in which this conversation was necessary, I was glad to be able to have it with you. 
So, uh, John, enjoy your family. Let's all hold those that we love tight here right now, and uh, I'll look forward to talking to you again very soon. I feel the same way, B.A., and, and for all of Dog Nation, I, I think we use this as an opportunity to uh, recognize how many blessings we have in our yeah. life and uh, loved ones, not only family, but other families that we get to be a part of um, should be at, at the top of those lists. So grateful for all y'all. Thank you, John. Talk to you soon. Yes, sir. So good stuff there with uh, John Stinchcomb. Um, as I said before, uh, you know, that's a good guy to talk to in a day like this. And obviously we kind of blew right through what we normally call around the doghouse. We'll get back to doing that again soon. I, I appreciate uh, AAA being a part of that. You know how much we love them. And we'll talk to you more about uh, what they do at some other point in time. This just not quite the right day to do that necessarily. The same way for what we would normally do with John there, our Marlowe's Tavern Insider Update. Um, I'm sure we'll all get together and share a good meal again at Marlowe's Tavern again very soon, and I'll be happy and enjoyable and enjoy that when we do. Today, obviously, a a very different kind of day on that front. John also, um, you know, said something in the beginning there, which I think is really important. He talked about how, you know, that 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 really grief is meant to be shared. And I think that's one of the things that has been so poignant for me about so much of what you've been seeing on social media from other programs over the last little bit is that this willingness exists, even from like programs that you would sort of think of as not having any connection to Georgia whatsoever. There is a willingness to want to share in that grief. You know, um, I saw Gary Patterson and reached out to Kirby Smart. Um, that's the former TCU coach, now a Texas uh, staffer. I want to show you this on the screen from the University of Nebraska. You know, Nebraska, you might think, is as far removed from Georgia as could be, and in a lot of ways it kind of is. And yet right there in Lincoln at the stadium yesterday, up on their video board, they had Devin Willock and Chandler LaCroix. They had the kind of Nebraska-Georgia logos sort of basically combined to say that we're in this together. And – you know, I don't know why, at least I didn't really know why I liked seeing that kind of stuff so much until I heard John say what he said a moment ago, which is, you know, there's this there's this intense desire to share grief with somebody, to not feel like you're going through this, you know, a- alone. And the, 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 the college football community, the way that it stepped up and raised its hand to say that we don't want you to have – to go through this alone, it, it's been amazing. I'd have shown, I could have shown you hundreds of these messages. I just picked out the Nebraska photo in particular just because I just thought that was an extra step, really, in a lot of ways, putting that inside the stadium. And so I, I know that there may be some comfort that comes uh, from that for some people, seeing you know a, a program like Nebraska and others doing what they uh, have done there. I thought our Jeff Sintel also had a great story at DogNation.com yesterday. Obviously not great news, but a, but a fitting story that helped, you know, tell what uh, Devin Willock is all about. And a lot of this came from, from the perspective of uh, John Whitehead, who was Willock's coach there at uh, Paramus Catholic, a big-time power program up in New Jersey. And as I said to John Stinchcomb a moment ago, I think one of the things that's so painful for me about Chandler and Devin, their passing here is, is they were just so deeply into what they were doing. They were just so deeply into it. And uh, Coach Whitehead's words here, I I think, speak to that um, so well. I want to show you this quote here from Coach Whitehead, who, and once again, this uh, this is just hard to hear. He says, 
He was living a dream at Georgia. He was getting good grades. We talked about his grades all the time. He liked the fact that Georgia has a very intensive off-season running program for their kids. Coach Whitehead says he loved it. He ate it up. Don't forget, he's 6'7", 350 pounds. For a kid that size, those kids don't like to run. But he got into it. And I'm glad that John Whitehead, on what I know had to be a tough day for him, I'm glad he took time to speak to Jeff yesterday and tell that story because I just think it gives us a little bit more insight into who the player was. The fact that he did, you know, kind of knock on Coach Whitehead's door, and this is all in that story, and just sort of show up and say, hey, I want to play for you. He's got his transcript in his hands. He's doing all this himself. You know, he has this dream, and he sort of sees this high school as kind of an avenue to that dream. And uh, our buddy Rusty Manziel told the story of him also then taking a Greyhound bus to come down here to Georgia and visit with these coaches here, that apparently this was a program that he thought that, that he'd be a good fit for, and he was willing to do anything, take the extra step that some folks might not take as a way of, uh, of of being able to do that. And it's just sort of what you see over and over again show up with Devin Willick. And um, uh, Chandler LeCoy, in her own way, it seems like she was very much the same kind of thing, just going that extra mile and being a friend to her friends and being um, a connection point to people like Devin who wanted to be at Georgia themselves and sort of thought that was the next step in their football dream. Do you know how important that Chandler must have been to them? Do you know how happy they must have been to sort of see her DM or text message or whatever else because they wanted to be at Georgia as recruits just as bad as Devin once wanted to be at Georgia? And the best that you can tell from the stories that we're hearing, Chandler was always there for them no matter what. That's the part that's hard today is the fact that they were living life you know, to the full extent, they they were taking a big bite out of this opportunity. They were putting a big dent into their 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 time, you know, to be here at the University of Georgia. They were making the most of that, and um, it, that's the part I think that makes it you know the most uh, you know the the most you know difficult to process. And I'll show you one more quote here, and then we'll get ready to wrap up after that. This is uh, from Coach Whitehead, and this is at the end of the story that uh, that Jeff had there at DogNation.com, saying that uh, Devin would have been a great husband and a great father. And, you know, those words hit me so hard because um, I think the thing I've come to realize, because of the job that I get to do, I think the thing I've come to realize is is that the people that are a part of the Georgia football program are sort of far more normal than sometimes we give them credit for. These are normal people doing a very abnormal thing. Like you see Devin Willick, he's huge, right? Six, seven, 350 pounds. That doesn't seem like the sort of, you know, normal type guy. And yet, deep down, he was no different than the rest of us had a football dream that makes him maybe different than me. I never had the opportunity to have that dream. But um, but that's really the only thing about him that maybe makes him different from me. Beyond that, one day wanted to be a husband. One day wanted to be a father. One day wanted to, you know, to live an adult life the, 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 the same way that I am now. And his parents wanted those same things for him the same way my parents would have one day wanted those, or, you know, years ago would have wanted that for me, and now I want that for my a family moving forward too. In a lot of ways, you know, Chandler, can, can you imagine 
she goes back Thanksgiving weekend or something like that. Everybody in her family. Oh, what's it like being around the Georgia program? What's it like doing what you do? It's it's an abnormal job. You know, she goes back to to high high school friends, things like that. Can you imagine how much they just must have just thought those most unbelievable thing in the world? Here she is. You know, she's you know, such a big part of what's happening at Georgia football. That's kind of this sort of abnormal thing, and yet. Much the same way, she was just a normal person having kind of an abnormal experience being a part of a Georgia program at the height of its great success. And I don't think that helps us process this with Chandler or, 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 or Devin necessarily, but I do think it gives us you know future insight here. When we talk about this Georgia team in the months and the years to come, when we talk about them, to keep in mind the people that we're talking about Man, they are they are men and women that come from parents. And when those parents send them off to Georgia, when they go work at Georgia or whatever else, you know, those parents are just as invested in their future as our parents were in us and we are in our own children. And they're just as happy in the good times and worried during the bad times. The experience they have just isn't that much different than the experience that we have on a regular basis it just sort of happens that these normal people are doing this very abnormal thing playing at georgia working for georgia getting the attention that comes from that but that doesn't make them any different as people than than uh than what we are so for today we're just kind of kind of leave it at that we are deeply sad we are mourning along with a lot of people at uga that we may not know personally uh, for a football community that, that wants like heck to celebrate a national championship but can't do that today because of of what is more top of mind for us here right now. We just wanted to show up on air for a couple of minutes, express our sadness, to honor their lives the best that we can. Other people will, will do that too, and we want to amplify that when we, when we have the, uh, the, the chance to as well. Two good people are no longer with us, and it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. But I'm grateful for the chance to speak with you. I'm grateful for the chance that 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 you allow me to be a part of Dog Nation with you. And I'll look forward to doing it with you again sometime soon under happier circumstances.